Welcome to Starting the Conversation, the podcast which uncovers what it really looks like to run a business, show up online and do your own thing. If we haven't been introduced before, hello, my name's Alice. I'm a digital marketing coach based in the UK and I'm also the host of this podcast. There's nothing I enjoy more than talking about the unspoken sides of being an entrepreneur and sitting down in conversation with others who get it. We all know how running a business and being self-employed can very often be a lonely and consuming experience. So it's my intention that these episodes bring a bit of encouragement and community to what you're doing. In today's episode, I'll be sitting down to talk all things starting young with Polly, who started selling her designs at just 16. So if you're ready to discover a bit of what it's looked like for both of us to start small businesses at such young ages, talking about everything from making a lot of money as a teenager to dealing with the reactions of others and growing up alongside our work, then keep on listening. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 57 of Starting the Conversation. And a huge thank you for the amazing response and all of the love that the recent Take 5 series received. If you missed out or you're just yet to tune in, the Take 5 series was all about giving you five episodes which got straight to the point and left you with five things that you could implement and action right away. I have to tell you, as a podcast host, as a content creator, there really is nothing better than when the excitement that I feel about creating something is met with the same response and the same excitement by the people who it's made for. So thank you so much for sharing such kind words on those episodes. Thank you for letting me know that the impact that they have. I have to tell you how much it means to me when I know that there are people and stories and real businesses and real lives behind the numbers. It's definitely going to be a series that I do again. I really loved hosting it. You all seem to really enjoy tuning in. So it's a bit of a win-win for me. Now let's dive into today's episode because it's a topic that I've wanted to explore here on the podcast for quite some time. For those of you who are familiar with my story, you may know that I started out my business at a fairly young age and probably younger than most. I was 17 when I first became self-employed and it's safe to say over the years that my age has definitely had an impact. From not having any industry experience or network when I started out to dealing with the reaction of friends and family, it's definitely been something that's had its ups and downs. And I thought no better way to explore this topic than to invite a guest on the show who had a similar experience to me so that we could just have a proper sit down chat about how it's impacted what we do and how we do it. Polly is an illustrator and the founder of Sai, which is a stationery and accessories brand selling beautifully and intentionally designed desk pads, greetings cards, keyrings, and a whole lot more. One of the things that Polly and I have in common is that we both started our businesses as teenagers. She started out at just 15, yes, 15 years old, sharing her work via Instagram and then going on to sell her illustrations. After successfully sustaining her business throughout university, Polly now runs her shop full-time, sharing her feel-good stationery and accessories with the world. I absolutely loved sitting down with Polly and discussing our shared experiences and talking all things starting young. We covered it all from how we first started out and what we learned from making a lot of money at a young age, to how our teenage naivety and enthusiasm was actually quite helpful in the early days and how family and friends really reacted to what we were doing. We really did cover it all, the realities, the pros, the cons. It's a very honest episode and one that I really enjoyed recording. But let's jump into it. Enjoy our conversation. But I feel like because this this episode is probably going to be really focused on our individual stories, it would probably make mm-hmm. sense for us to start by telling 
the stories of how we started out our business mm-hmm. and I guess focus on what that looked like at the age that we were. Yeah. So do you want to start off with, I guess, how Sai came to be, what that story was and kind of how age came into that? Mine started really organically. I didn't want to be a product designer like from the age of 15. Mm. I was just posting little doodles and illustrations that I was doing on my graphic design A-level course on Instagram um, when people started moving over there like in the early days. And it was really fun. I was posting what my teacher um, didn't want in my coursework. I was like, well, I want to give it some kind of appreciation. I'll put it on Mm. Instagram. And I started getting a response to that. And one person said, I would like to buy this on something. And that really sparked the idea. I was like, well, I'm sure I could find a way of doing that. Mm. So I made myself a phone case and I posted that. And that got a lot of traction as well. And people were like, I would buy one. And... Mm. um, so very organically it started and I so how old were you at that point I was 15 as I was in my first year of college I believe was I 16 I think it's 16 in your first year okay I think I was initially posting when I was 15 I know that I started like selling my my first Mm. phone cases at 16 um I'm, I'm never like certain what age it was. Things <laughs> Either really way, blur when you run a business. Yeah, <laughs> you just forget. My teen years are kind of merged, but I was about that age. And then people started asking, well, what else could you do? And notebooks was a big one. I've always loved stationery. Mm. I was a big reviser, so I would be colour coding my notes and stuff and making pretty imagery out of that. And then I started illustrating um, by hand notebooks. Mm. And then quickly that became unfeasible as I was getting lots of orders, which was great. I see you literally doing them like yeah, by hand, hand done. My, okay. Yeah, my first ones were like, and it wasn't Tipex, it was like white paint right. on brown notebook covers. Oh, and wow. I loved it. And I was like watercolour painting um, flowers. And slowly I had to kind of figure out that I couldn't keep doing that at the level that I was doing it. Mm. And then I started looking online for like printers and, you know, growing organically, I keep saying. Mm. I just learned by trial and error yeah. of this looks like a great idea, we'll start doing it, and then it becomes unfeasible, and mm. I find a way to solve it. And, yeah, it just started growing. Right from that, was there a moment for you where you were like, oh, this is not a hobby anymore, this could be a job, or a career, or a business? Because I was studying graphics, I was quite business-minded, I could see building a business and a brand, mm. that was fun to me. Mm. Um, I think it was a few months in, I started making products in bulk, and I thought, okay, let's just make me a case study for mm. my portfolio so I can get into uni. <laughs> um, so I took it seriously. I was like, okay, well, what could my shop be called? Mm. I went through that whole thing and I named it Sai. Honestly, for no good reason. <laughs> I was just a bit like, oh, what, what on earth do I call this? <sighs> and I, yeah, Sai came, became a thing. Um, I love that. It hasn't got a cool stuff story. It's just, it's just what it is. Um, but that kind of stuck because it was short and snappy. It had all the hallmarks of branding. Mm. Um, and I have gone through many different, um, you know, compliment slips and business cards and colour schemes and stuff. And it's just it was just a bit of fun developing that. I think when I just saw people really wanting to support what I was doing mm. and I wanted to have fun with it, mm. it's always been a trial and error, have fun with it, see what's going to happen, the kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's interesting because actually we were kind of realising before we press record that a lot in our kind of business stories yeah that's such a like buzz phrase isn't it <laughs> um like kind of echoes 
each other so obviously you were kind of 16 yeah mine was 17 and in a very similar way it was like it was never this big strategy I wasn't 17 and I wasn't like I'm gonna start a business and make all this money but I said yes I took risks I was probably I think naivety comes a lot into both of us because when you're 16 17 things just happen to you yeah and you just respond like well that sounds cool yeah I'll I'll give that a go so opportunities came our way and mm-hmm. like the, when the next step feels natural you just take it mm-hmm. and I think particularly at that age like your life isn't there's not a huge amount of risk in your life you're not paying a mortgage you're not supporting a family so actually taking yes. those risks you have this glorious blind confidence <laughs> yeah you're because just like you don't have your gone. family at risk yeah if you decide um to just go for it yeah so I think that was a lovely start to start so young mm in a way was just wonderful because again yeah no rent to pay Mm. um but then when you're young you don't really have many resources either yeah it's it's like pros Mm -hmm. and cons isn't it and there's flip sides to it that but I think it gives you this true story because you really are working from the ground up and you know what you're doing inside out because no one told you how to do it best yeah you really figure it out on your own Mm. like I found suppliers on google Mm. obviously I didn't know about you know, Alibaba and all these um, wholesale places. I just googled like UK phone case printing, <laughs> yeah. please. <laughs> and that's how I found my first suppliers like trial and error, mm. um, printing samples and figuring out what I wanted. Yeah, I think particularly because at a stereotypically at a young age, you've got that slight stubbornness. And I don't know about you, but I was 17, I thought I could rule the world, I was like, <laughs> I know everything. So then almost because you're completely just led by intuition, Mm -hmm. um, it's that attitude of, you know, I didn't believe someone that a wall was there until I ran into it. Mm -hmm. And actually at the time, obviously that was frustrating because I probably could have ultimately grown my business quicker if I'd started older and maybe learnt from others more. But actually what it's done is what you said of that I just know everything inside out. Yeah. Because you've tried everything. You haven't mm-hmm. looked at... I never looked at anyone else and went, okay, what have they done? Let me copy that. Or yeah. let me take a course or let yeah, me make absolutely. a strategy or a business plan. I just went, what do I love? Okay, yeah. I'll say yes to that and keep going and see where that goes. I think um, my personality was I thought I could just do it myself. Mm. I... Um, still very bad at asking for help so currently fast forward six years I need help Mm. (laughs) I need an employee and it's very difficult for me to reach out and realize that I need to be giving away important parts of running my business to other people in order for it to grow because I've just Mm. been doing it for so long and so that let me figure like every single detail out on my own Mm. but as it got bigger and bigger as I got older risks started becoming more aware to me um, so as I started earning more money, I had to pay tax my first my first year, and that freaked me out because mm. that's a government thing. Yeah, and the government can put you in prison <laughs> if you don't do it correctly. So I realised that um, I was young and doing something quite serious. Mm. So I would have to wise up, and that yeah. was a big turning point for me. Yeah, and I think I don't know about you, but for me, the the point where I realised that what I was doing was more than just a hobby or something that I was just you know biding my time with to you know Mm -hmm. whilst I was waiting for the next step was when money became an aspect of it and I was like okay Mm -hmm. this feels like a thing like this is no longer just my hobby um let's talk about money because I feel like money is such a I don't know I say it's a taboo topic but I think I feel so natural talking about it but maybe that's just through like maybe because we grew up we hit it from an early age Mm. um I think we're told it's taboo I've always wanted to talk about it because 
I've always wanted to know what other people, um, how they manage it. Yeah. Because having to deal with this on your own from such a young age, mm. um, I just want to share that. I want to know what other people do. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Cause <laughs> please talk about it more. Because <laughs> being a 16, 17, 18 mm. year old with thousands of pounds, tens <laughs> of thousands of pounds, is like slightly crazy. Yeah. And like, I think, am I right in thinking we were the same in that like the first years in our business were actually more financially quote unquote successful than yeah so my biggest year personally was on my gap year so I did two years of a year and a half of college as I say with the business and I didn't do a foundation course I dropped out very quickly because I was like you know what I can see my business doing well I'd really like to design these products Mm. I want the time to do it I'm just going to go for it before I go to uni Mm. And that was the biggest year for me. Because uh, I saw that it was working and I was like, yeah. go for it, Polly. Um, but I was also very sensible with it. I have to admit, I don't know. Mm. I'll ask what you were like with your money. <laughs> but, I, um, <laughs> I did. I did two big collaborations. One in particular. I basically saved all the money. I bought myself a monitor with the money. And I saved all the rest of it mm. for uni. Because I was dating a guy who couldn't afford cheese at uni and I was like oh my god cheese <laughs> and at a young age I was like this means I need to save for uni because <laughs> I cannot live without yeah. cheese so in my little child mind it's quite cute thinking back I was literally saving up because I wanted to buy cheese um but I yeah that was quite responsible like I literally knew that the government's money wasn't gonna cover it mm. I had older friends on twitter yeah, that's such complaining. like insight from a yeah a young adult like I had friends on Twitter, as I say, who were just very sad and they and they knew they couldn't afford certain things. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be stupid. I haven't got rent to pay. Mm. Save while I can. And actually, my year since graduating, I've been living on that money that I saved when I was 18. Seriously? The first few months, yeah. And so you're 22 now for context for people. Yes. Wow. No, I was, yeah, I'm literally, I'm thinking um, back, I I basically took some money out of my savings so I could put my deposit down on my first flat with my boyfriend. Mm. And then I think I had two months where my shop was closed because I was moving house from uni and everything. Mm. And I didn't have a salary because I wasn't earning money. Mm. So I paid myself from that. Yeah. Gosh, I'm so impressed by you. Seventeen-year-old me should be like, teach me who could have been buying what? What does an eighteen-year-old need? Well, that's the thing. I think, I think actually that was one of the biggest things that alienated me from my friends when I was that young was because I was financially living a life that they just couldn't keep up with, understandably. Mm and I had, it, it's kind of sad, I remember one day my therapist said to me, she was like, you realise you've got loads of money but no friends to spend it with. And I was like, she said it in a nice way, like, she wasn't savage or anything. I said that to myself. Yeah. I said, what did I, it was basically like, what's the point of making this amazing life for yourself if you've got no one to, like, live it with? Mm. So, quite early on, it wasn't about the money. The money is basically a statistic that shows you that you're doing well if you're selling things. By that factor, though. Yeah. Yeah, so if, so if you're selling things, mm. like it just shows that you're selling more things. Yeah, <coughs> it's no your margins like, all right. <laughs> yeah, see, I was completely yeah. not completely opposite. I had somewhat like I saved enough money and like paid my taxes and whatever else. But I yeah. was like, 
I'm 17. I know. Bought like a second phone because I like thought that's what you did. <laughs> you bought kind of two phones. phones. I was like, I need a work phone. Oh my I need god. A work phone. So I bought myself another phone. Bought myself like a brand new car. A lot, like just oh the most gosh. like. I was 17. I had so much yeah. money. And looking back, I'm like, where the frick has that? But money you were gone? living around adults. You were working around adults, weren't you? Yeah. So I was like trying to keep up with this. Mm-hmm. And I think because I wasn't, I wasn't talking to anyone, my family or my friends within that about how things were going like I even tell my friends now my friend asked me the other week she's like how much do you make in your business Mm -hmm. and I told her that first year figure and she was genuinely like I just had no clue and I think it was almost that isolation that I I was 17 I didn't know what to do with that money um thankfully saved up enough that I could take six months off the following year so thankfully had some of it um (laughs) but I I don't know about you but I'm almost glad that I experienced what it was like to have a lot of money because now I'm like well I know that doesn't make me happy. Yes, it can create an amazing mm-hmm. lifestyle that I want to keep, but mm-hmm. it didn't make me happy and I'm quite glad to have learned that. I'm so conscious of this conversation because that's a really good point. Mm. Um, I think people who have experienced having money, they've realised it's not what makes you happy. Yeah. Everyone knows that quote, like, money doesn't buy happiness. But money- you have to experience mm. it. You can't just hear that quote and be yeah. like... Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> think a lot of people would be thinking oh no you guys like Mm. you made money when you were young but it gives you this perspective you don't I didn't anticipate I was so excited by the money I was earning and then so quickly that isn't what was important to me I put it away and I decided to start working on friendships more Mm. I think I was still quite balanced at uni I was sorry at college I was a bit of a machine so I had four a-levels to study for Mm. and then I had Wednesday coffee dates with my friends and then I had I made sure I did something else that week that was social and then I had my shop because I was so conscious of only doing my shop so I made sure I had that I think that was quite a good decision Mm. that I did um you have to give yourself some structure as well because yeah when you're a young person you well not a young person but you're young and you don't have like I don't know a partner whose routine you can almost adapt to or children who are in routine like almost your life is so fluid and you have such an autonomy mm. over it that it just is a bit overwhelming <laughs> so it's like giving yourself things like yeah. that helps isn't it to feel a bit more like well that, that's motivated. actually why I got a part-time job at Urban Outfitters my gap here you say that's why I got a partner I was like, no Holly <laughs> that was my my plan my strategy for mental health <laughs> um no like so when I was on my gap year, that was my biggest business year, as I mentioned, mm. and it was all about, um, you know, bringing in enough money each month to show my parents that I was succeeding as an artist, kind of thing. Um, but then I quickly, by October, so I kind of, I dropped out of foundation in September, by October, I was like floating, because mm. it's the first time I've been out of education and doing my own thing. Um and I had no structure and I was very quickly spiralling and not knowing what I was doing. So I got a job for structure mm. and that really helped. Yeah. But if you want to really work at your business, you can't necessarily have a part-time job. Yeah. So that was a balance that I made for like just <clears throat> feeling like a stable person. Mm. Purely for yourself. I think you have In to the early days things. I needed that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, it's, it's, like, it's amazing to see the kind of consciousness that you had at that age because it is easy to like like taste success or taste something that's like exciting and just just go a bit mad yeah just follow it and I think you I don't know I'm kind of look back and I'm like I'm quite glad that 
I'd blew thousands of pounds on random crap <laughs> that I don't have anymore because like good on me at 17 it was an that's not my lifestyle now but yeah it's quite nice to say that yeah do you think that gave you a taste for what you want in your future yeah it's interesting because almost yeah as much as money doesn't make you happy money can buy you privileges that can bring joy to life mm-hmm. and no it's not ever long-lasting joy but it's things like I don't know like a skiing trip or a nice outfit that you just feel really good in or you know a new puppy that like you hang out with all day and you love and it's it was yeah it was definitely a taste of the life that I wanted to build but I guess once I burnt out and was no longer making that money it was then a question of okay how do I build that lifestyle and still make that money but not burn out and still be a human being yeah and so it becomes balance the second (laughs) step in life that you realize I think once you've been there You've you've tasted you know mon- monetary success. Mm. You realise um, what else? What makes you more happy? Because that goes. So you're looking for mm. what stays, what's stable, what keeps you stable mentally, mm. and that is very bloody different to what's in your bank account. Yeah, and it's hard when, to you know, society the measure of success is your bank account, mm-hmm. and I, I wonder if almost for us the fact that you know we were making that money early on in a way was was helping the people around us who kind of said, you know, what are you doing leaving school? What are you doing designing for a living? To almost go, yes. no, look, look. It, did it I give your parents security in what you were doing? Because obviously, did, did it give your parents or the people around you security in what you'd chosen to do with your life? Yeah. Like seeing that you were actually making enough money? Yeah, if anything, yeah. it's my parents worry now about my <laughs> business because it's not as financially like okay big but yeah. yeah back then it was almost a really easy way to shut people down when they questioned it or absolutely me. um I'm a very trial and error person and I think I'm naturally very naive my mum went to a shrink what do you call them I'm speaking American um, went no, no 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 went to a um a spiritual person oh okay and they're like yeah 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 I don't know what that's called <laughs> do I like a fortune teller almost but it was like a lady a clairvoyant there we go she went to a clairvoyant with me and my sister and she said my sister had lived many lives and she knew what she was doing now she's a very stable person she you know works extremely hard she's very able to revise and like get the job that she wants me she said this one is definitely her first life (laughs) and I think weirdly that's true like I I'm so naive I just try and do things I think are a good idea and if they don't work they don't work and I just have to mm. try and get over it but I ask lots of questions all the time I never yeah. really know what's going on yeah <laughs> or I'm just a creative person I'm quite erratic and yeah yeah but, but do you almost wonder if like if you tried to start your business you know in two years time or in five years time whether it would have gone differently because you wouldn't have had that same like young spirit which was you know ready to risk yeah. and ready to just try um a lot of younger people contact me on Instagram mm. and then a lot of graduates contact me on Instagram and I worry that sometimes graduates wait until they're outside of uni to start going mm. for their dreams and I always try and encourage the younger ones to start in whatever little, little way they can while they're at uni or at college because building it up slowly and learning it in and out and learning it organically mm. gives you such a stronger foundation than really trying to make it when everyone else your age is trying to make it at the same time. Mm. I think doing it at a younger can give you a bit of a, an edge. Yeah, and it almost gives you a, 
I guess an opportunity to fall in love with it before you have to rely on it for income, yeah. which I'm really glad that I did because I don't know, I couldn't really imagine doing what I do if it, it didn't start as a hobby, which I guess in both of our yeah. stories, we never set out to start businesses. We just wanted to live lives where we got to do what we loved. Yeah, so it comes from a really um, pure place. Because mm. with what you, what you wanted to do, what was the, um, the main thing? Did you want to like just tell stories? or? Yeah, I was just... And in actual fact, what I do is not like, it doesn't make me come alive. It's the lifestyle it builds. But yeah, it's that feeling that you're creating something new and doing something new, which can yeah. show up in any capacity, I guess. But Yeah, I think starting when you're a kid, you're basically just doing loads of hobbies and figuring out what mm. you want to do with your life. And that's what happened to both of us. We just managed to get a job out of it because it was possible. Combination of good things. But the flip side of that is that now what was a hobby and something that maybe made us feel relaxed or allowed us to unwind is our jobs. <laughs> How do, like you yeah. then almost have this transition, which I don't think I was prepared for or was even conscious was happening, where you're then, what was, you know, a passion becomes a job and it just doesn't feel that same way. And it's almost like, how do you, I keep that passion alive <laughs> and still have a life that isn't just your work. Yeah. I think, I remember my dad coming in one day, picked me up for the weekend and being like, Polly, you still working? It's a Sunday. Mm. And I was like, yes, of course I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it was my hobby. It was what I did for fun as well as work. And that worked a lot better when I was a kid. Um, now, I've been doing it for almost six years. Mm. It, uh, I think I've got a weird thing because it's basically people have careers for six years. They stay in a job for six years and they move on. Yeah. So, because I've been doing it for so long, the hobby has kind of worn off. And I've realised it's a business because I, I do so much the background admin. Mm. You know, and the accounts and the orders. It is a job. The designing is the fun bit. And I, I need to remember that I should spend, like, a day a week just doing it for fun and, like, doing the fun part of it mm. and spending time on that rather than thinking all of it is still my hobby. Yeah. Because it's not. There are parts of it that are very clearly a job. Then there are parts of it that could be more downtime. Mm. Like painting and exploring and writing blog posts for fun. and mm. Like a diary entry and stuff like that. Yeah, that's such a good point actually to almost, I guess, notice which parts of the job still yeah. manage to bring you that joy. Yeah. And which parts you do just need to see as a job and be like, that gets done. Mm -hmm. And that is just kind of what it is. And I guess that's... I don't know about you, but I think because I was so naive I think naive is just the biggest word to explain me as a like 17 year old <laughs> so, I was like, naive. is that you you go into this business thinking you know I'm creating a business where I get to do this thing all the day like all you day don't yeah. <laughs> you're doing accounting you and really marketing don't. and sales and whatever yeah. else there's so much more to that mm -hmm. and again I yeah I just find it interesting do you have it when people ask you like um I'm so inspired by your story like how did you get to where you are I find it really hard to answer that because I'm like the only answer I can give you is that I took a lot of risks and said yes to opportunities that I didn't have any control over. Like mm. I, It's kind of, you know, because there wasn't like a three-step plan or there wasn't a big strategy. Yeah. People always ask me for how I did it as well. Mm. And I can't give them bullet points mm. because I see so much value in the process. Yeah. In doing this for six years. You know, people, I think some people think, well, how did you create this brand instantly? I didn't. 
Mm. It really started as me selling individual products for fun. Mm. And then me thinking I was a case study. Yeah. And being like, okay, how can I do a logo and um, a colour scheme and all these different things and a website? And then slowly building that up and realising this is so exciting and fun for me. Mm. Um, and taking it more seriously and finding better products, improving every aspect one at a time. Mm. And I run into problems all the time that I've not got the capability to solve yeah. because I haven't got a boss. I haven't got a set of brand rules. Mm. I don't know so many things and it drives me crazy because my problems as I've grown have grown mm. Yeah. in severity. <laughs> um, if I make a mistake now, um, you know, maybe they can complain to PayPal if they don't receive a product rather than it being like, oh, I'm sure, you know, this child at college (laughs) just hasn't got the time they're like this business that I put money into is not um providing the service I'm gonna do something about it officially Mm. so things are more scary now (laughs) yeah and it it suddenly becomes bigger than you doesn't it when you're kind of just doing it for yourself kind of by yourself it feels quite manageable but there's definitely a moment where it's like oh this is a thing now, like, yeah. I pay taxes, this is a business, yeah. this is, like, my life's relying upon it. Um, do you find that you almost split your your story into chunks because you've almost grown up alongside it? You're like, well, that was when I was, um, you know, in my gap year, and that's what that looked like, and then that was when I was branding myself, and then that was... Um, I see everything up until August as one chapter, when I was a student, it was a side mm. gig, and... I'm trying really hard to have triggered the business part now. Yeah. I'm, like tw- now you're full yeah. time. 2019, exactly. 2019 is my big business year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen at like, December. I look back on this like, oh God, what happened? Your year. Um, I really hope this is my year to realise that I'm 22. I'm the age where I can be doing a business now. I'm not like, mm. you know, I can't like hide behind my age anymore. Mm. Um, I've got to take it seriously and do all the big business steps that um, I thought I was too young to do before. Mm. So I actually have got a bit of a a complex about, I've always been quite young for what I've been doing. Mm. So um, finally being of the age where I can do all these big steps has been quite nerve wracking, but I think now very exciting. Mm. Um, My third year of uni, I was so like pent up like you know what I think I'm ready yeah I really think I've got the confidence to do it I've got the ideas to do it um when I graduate I'm gonna have the qualification to do it (laughs) all these different things um so yeah I'm excited to give it a proper go yeah I'm glad you touched on that kind of that idea that there reaches a point where you're like okay my age isn't really a defining factor of what I do and who I am and we talked about it on Instagram I think it was a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. because i put a story up telling people how old I was and then had all these that really shocked me you know what my age yeah Wait, really shocked me I was? my age or older yeah like, I'm 24 yeah I met someone yesterday she was like oh yeah I think you're like 27 I was like okay that, that's, a, that's a new one um but I'd had all these you know like replies of people having those kind of I don't know I hate those reactions when people go oh, I never because I never know what to say um but I almost talking about how when it's almost a positive, I guess, when you're young. If something goes wrong, if you're not quite sure about something, you can kind of go, yeah. oh, sorry, yeah. I'm only 80, and I'm just figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. 
It's funny because when I was younger, when I first started, I didn't consider my age an issue. Because mm. like every 16 year old, you think you're the mature 16 year old and like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need to catch up to you, you've got this. Yeah. And then I became very aware that I was actually quite young for what I was doing, mm. purely because people kept telling me. Yeah, I, that's weird, isn't it? Because yeah. I never thought that about myself. I, mm-hmm. I only think that because other people have said it. Yeah. Isn't that odd? And it, it basically ruined the confidence. It really burst the bubble for me. Mm. As I spoke about earlier, I, you know, I paid tax my first year that I was doing it, which was really scary to pay tax as like a 17-year-old. Um, and my parents were constantly like trying to put the fear of God in me that I was doing things right while not actually helping me because they wanted me to learn how to do it myself. Mm. Um, which, you know, <laughs> was good, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, so yeah, like, um, being told constantly that I was young for what I was doing did really knock my confidence. So for a few years at uni, the first, like, two years of uni, I became, became quite nervous about what I was doing and thought maybe I don't know everything mm. and took a step back. But I think in third year, when I grew up a bit, um, I realised that what I wanted to do all along, I do genuinely believe that I've got the right end of the stick about it. Mm. And I've got to trust myself. It is my business. Yeah. If it fails, it's just me that fails. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to realise that actually the amount of people, like what you've built hasn't been built like despite age. But age is such an irrelevant thing when you think about it. Like, it doesn't change anything. I think what truly matters is you as a person. Yeah. Um, Your passion. You know, if you work Mm. really, really, really hard, you can figure stuff out on your own. Yeah. I really believe that. And if anything, I'm glad I did it that way because now everything that I do, I absolutely know it's what I want to do because there wasn't a big plan. It's always been, you know, okay here's the next step. I'm not yeah. quite sure I'll be in two months, but I know where I am next week and I'll take yeah. it from there. And, and of learn, course right. we could still fail. Mm. But I think don't be too scared of failure. And don't let yourself get into a position where if you fail, it'll be terrible. Yeah. I'm not talking like invest you know, all your money in something <laughs> and it goes wrong because you think you can do it. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm thinking just um, have faith, plan properly and to the best of your ability. If you've got passion for it, I really do think that's what matters yeah and that's the heart of it and if you can keep that and sustain that when it becomes a business then you've got it yeah but how easy that is to do I'm not quite sure (laughs) (laughs) you kind of touched on a couple of times like your relationship with people around you when what was the general consensus when you were you know I'm going to take a gap year and focus on the business or I'm going to maintain this alongside my university were people generally Uh supportive or what did that look like um so looking back on your childhood, as, <laughs> as you start to do in your early 20s, I've been thinking about my parents. My parents gave me a lot of leeway. Mm. Um, you know, they cared enough to be concerned when I quit my first job to just sell phone cases, mm. literally after like a month or two. Because I had confidence, I was like, you know what? People bought 10 phone cases last month. This month, there was like 25 that were sold. Yeah. There's a pattern. Mm. <laughs> um, and I was just, I wanted to focus on that. And I was like, I, I see something in this, I want to do it. My mum was rightly a bit nervous, but she still let me do it. Yeah. Um, what was the question? <laughs> well, I guess just talking about, yeah, the reactions of those around you. The reactions, yeah. I guess whether it was supportive or whether you kind of had to stick your head down and just carry on. Um, when I gave them evidence that it was working, mm. 
they were like, okay, good, keep it going. So my dad does or did management consultancy. He's got mm. friends in business, that kind of thing. And he was like, oh, my daughter, you know, she's she got up 60% this month. Yeah. So I really kind of milked that and I was really showing them that it was okay that they had an artist for a daughter mm. um, and she was going to be okay. Yeah. So that was very important to them. Mm. I think they passed that on to me because they cared so much about it. Mm. I was kind of like looking at those stats more than I cared because I was telling them that it was okay and I was doing okay yeah. not to worry too much. So, yeah. I know that's the thing when you're so young is that, or at least I found this, I was like, technically my parents don't need to know anything, mm-hmm. but it's probably a healthy thing to be talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an odd, yeah, odd sphere to be in. Do you think there's kind of common traits in every person that starts a business at the age that we did? Do you think there's like something you need to like okay. make it um, work? So some of you are going to be dickheads, <laughs> like to um to start a a business from such a small age, a young age. You've got small to like age. small age, <laughs> such a small human. You've got to have a real get up and go. So mm. you're going to be a really just like out there, like adventurous person, um, or you're going to be. I don't know, like some business people can be right knobs, mm. you know. <laughs> um, I think you, you need to have like a you need to be quite a fast-paced person so I always felt a bit disconnected from people that were just relaxed and like could just pass you all the time and like not do their work they didn't care mm. and I was like where is your passion for this but a lot of those people just hadn't found their passion yet mm. I found my passion really early and yeah. I just wanted to get started with it mm. so that was very fortunate I and guess. that like self-drive I guess because yeah. the one of the biggest things that's different about running a business is there's no one to manage you Mm. and I think when you're young you don't necessarily always have that ability to like be intentional and take a step back and think long term so yeah I wonder if that plays a part too kind of being able to have that Mm -hmm. slightly more long-term or intentional brain so yeah I think I've got quite a long-term brain Mm. um I think a lot of people want short-term satisfaction they think some they think some like career decisions are stupid. Like if you're going for a job that's lower paid in the short term, but you think that will get you a longer mm. term paid job. A lot of people are like, well, why would you drop in salary? Yeah. But so I think I definitely have that, like saving the money for when I got out of uni. Mm. I'm actually very proud of that. Yeah. Probably the best thing I ever did. <laughs> it's nice to be like, thank you, past me for doing yeah. that thing. Honestly, like that was very important, I think. And I'll try and encourage anyone that lives at home and has a job. Mm. So please just save money because one day you'll be well, you paying never know what you're going to need it for. You yeah. used it to buy cheese at uni, yeah. and I used it to take six months off. I and pay enjoyed a my cheese. Yeah. You just don't yeah. know like what's going to. Yeah, you took a lovely life. sabbatical. That helped you. <laughs> I mean, as much as I call it a sabbatical, I was like in bed for six months, really depressed. Um, so you I needed it. It was as glamorous. As yeah. No. <laughs> but again, that that was a byproduct of. Yeah. yeah, so what do you think is the kind of character makeup that a young person has when they to start what Gosh. we did? I think something I notice in the people that I speak to, like yourself, who start... Because, I mean, there's a difference between starting in your 20s, when you've had a bit of experience in the field and you know what's going on and you've got a bit of savings and a bit of, like, an adult brain, mm-hmm. to starting at 16, 17, mm-hmm. when you are actually a child. And all of it... Like, it, I think it's almost that, like naivety that you're just going to try 
Yeah. Like, I think, in reality, like, was it a good decision for me to leave school at 17? Like, literally a week away from my exams in which I was going to get very good grades in. Like, no. If I was thinking logically, I wouldn't have made that decision. Like, was it logical for me to take a job that was one day a week when I could be doing a job that was full-time, that was a bit more secure? No. But I think you sometimes have to have that, like, one, I'm just going to take this risk, I'm just going to try this thing. Mm. And then I think the more that you do that, the more you see it work the kind of more evidence you have to be like oh, okay I think this risk might work because that one did yeah and you can kind of take it from there it made me think I think I had a lot of faith in myself mm. um which was part of my passion I was just so like I loved what I did so much I was so convinced that I could do something with it yeah um and that's what was stamped out of me a little bit when I was kept I kept being told I was so young you know I was like scaremongered with like all these accounting things and mm. um like older people trying to make me they were trying to help but it scared me so much that I didn't know what I was doing yeah um so that took away a lot of what I had Mm. and that was halfway through uni so I was really struggling at uni because obviously uni in itself is very difficult Mm. (laughs) you go through a lot of crap at uni but to also have the pressure of um am I doing business right Am I going to make a huge fool of myself? Am I going to lose all mm. this money that I've saved up? Um, yeah, that mm. that dampened it. So I think that's what I had when I was younger. Mm. That's what I'm trying to get back. And I think I've done quite well because yeah. I'm very excited again. <laughs> yeah, and you have to like cling on to that part of you that believes that you're the person to do it. Yeah, that you're the person to do it. Yeah, you've got something that can, you know, yeah, make business profitable. And even if like you haven't got the means right now to make that happen, or people around you don't think that's the reality the fact that you think that you can do something is enough to at least try. And that's I just what, think you never yeah, know. That's what one of the things I used to tell myself was, when I didn't have enough time to do the projects I wanted to do at uni. So if you're like in a job where you're really trying to work on your blog, mm. but you just haven't got the time yet, mm. at least you have the ideas. The yeah. ideas are the main thing. Having the time is the luxury, but at least you have these ideas. Um, so that should give you a confidence boost. Mm. So being now six years in, and I guess like out of the stage where it's like, oh, it's so impressive what you do for a teenager. <laughs> yeah. um, what what do you feel is kind of next for you and Sai? Um, yeah, it's so funny. Like I kind of had that, like, oh, you're so young for what you're doing, well done. And now it's like, yeah, so you run a business? Oh, cool. So does my friend. Yeah, I almost, <laughs> I, it was a bit of a badge of honour. I was yeah. like, what, I remember turning 18 and being like, it's not as impressive because 17 was younger than 18. Absolutely. It's so funny, isn't it? Yeah. What so, that does to you. So embarrassing, but I, I actually had that, yeah. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> um, six years on, what, what do you feel is next for Sai? Six years on, I want to behave like a business. I want to realise that it's not just me on my own anymore. Mm. Um, I've done what I wanted to do and I... I managed to sell things consistently each month um, and it's time to move it up a level. Mm. Um, I went to uni for kind of the confidence and the professionalism because again I had my best year when I was 18 on my gap year Mm. but I just did not know how to move it up. I was too scared to sell to other businesses and create a brand and um, get you know trademarked all these different things Um, whereas this year I want to genuinely be a brand. I've got a lot of little big hopes for the brand. Um, I'd like to bring in 
more students and young creatives and do more collaborations and it to be an mm. actual business. So I don't like calling what I do running a business. Okay. I've got a thing against it. I know that you always say the word business, like you're very... Yeah, um, for some reason I'm like, I'm not self-employed, I run a business. But yeah. I think I might just say that. I think I'm like, it's the kind of thing like say how you want... I'd like to be described as a business, so I'm not yeah. going to say that about myself. No, it's a very confident thing to say. Mm. Whereas I don't like saying business because I just say shop or I sell things. Sure. Yeah? Whereas I want to actually run a business. I want it to be multifaceted. Um, I want to sell as a brand. I want to design for other companies, mm. like collaborations. I want to run internship programmes. I want to... <laughs> do all these different things and bring in collaborations and have a, a team and that to me is what size a business will be mm. so yeah 2019 <laughs> is the year of the business I hope so I love that the year it starts rolling properly yeah and my word of the year was embrace nice. because I've always been so scared of these changes I'll have to make to grow mm. the way that I want to grow mm. but I think it's all about embracing the changes and really embodying what I need to do Mm. I love that thank you for your honesty and for sharing Mm. kind of more of your story I think kind of like you mentioned at the start more people need to talk about like money and Mm -hmm. starting young and actually what that looks like because Mm -hmm. I know how much I would have benefited from hearing a conversation like this and knowing that I wasn't the only one making 25 mistakes a day and I make so many mistakes (laughs) I know I even was just thinking then I was like oh we didn't talk about how many mistakes we made at the start but like I feel like it's not changed in any way no, I still make mistakes all the time. Mm. Um, it's just being able to bounce back. Yeah. And oh my God, I have not bounced back sometimes. Um, I've had to take months off at a time mm. um, to kind of recover from things. <laughs> um, but it is just about rem- reminding yourself that you love it. You want to keep going. You've mm. got goals. You've got aspirations for it. And keeping going. I think that's a perfect end. That was very inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's my quote. <laughs> Well, I so hope you enjoyed listening in on that conversation as much as I did having it. I must say, having admired Polly from afar for so long, it really was a pleasure to sit down with her, hear more of her story, and also just chat with someone who got it. Make sure you head over to the show notes, which will be at alicebenham.co.uk forward slash Polly for all of the links of where you can follow along with her journey, buy her beautiful products, which I have to say my favorite is the weekly balance desk pad. It's a game changer. And also just get connected with and check out all that she's up to. A huge thank you for tuning in. If you did enjoy the episode and you want to spread the love, I would love it if you shared over on your Instagram stories that you're tuning in. I am at Alice underscore Benham. And I would love to see the face and the people behind the numbers on this podcast and of course if you ever want to leave a review I am never going to say no it's the biggest way that you can help this podcast grow and something that really does mean so much to me but anyway I'll be back next Monday with an episode which might just be one of my favorites to date it took a whole week to record and it will give you a real behind the scenes into my everyday so look forward to that subscribe so that you don't miss out and I will be back next Monday